Hey everybody, how are you doing tonight? What are you drinking? Yeah, I think I'll have one of those too. I could use a change. Tonight joining me in my NPR style intro is my dapper co-host, Mojo Jojo. How you doing, Joe? It's doing good. It's doing good, buddy. <laughs> how are you all doing, Halligans? <laughs> I feel very low energy right now. It's late, considering how late I'm staying up and probably how little sleep you get anyway. Uh, but tonight we are talking about the Batman. We said we were going to do Rob Roy, but both of us have happened to see the Batman before we were both able to watch Rob Roy. So that's what we're doing this time. So I are we, am. Are we still doing both? Yeah. Well, we can do both if you want to do both. Yeah. You know, we might as well. We might as I well. Mean, I was thinking we might split it up into, into too many episodes. But yeah, we're going to go ahead and we're also going to talk about uh, No Way Home. Yeah, this a is little... going to be a. Uh... A double-ish review. Um, are we doing? Are we doing spoilers for this? Mm. Just want to talk about them. I kind of just want to talk about them. I think they've been out long enough. Okay, no way so, home for sure. Yeah, this is. These are two of the most recent superhero movies to come out, and you've got Battinson <laughs> and Spider Boy. So, just I just watched No Way Home uh, just a few days ago, and I watched uh, the Batman couple of weeks ago at this point week and a half ago whatever it was i don't both movies i might say were not what i expected like i didn't know what to expect from the batman because it's a whole it's a whole new direction to go with this iconic character again we have had so many batmen over the course Mm. of of our young lives or not so young lives, and as the case may be, uh, I just was really curious to see what how they would do this, how you know what villains they would have. I didn't know a lot about it. I didn't watch a lot of previews for it, so I didn't know what to expect for much of any of it. It was, I don't know, it was both good and bad. There were things about it that I liked, and things about it that I don't think I was a big fan of. But how about you? What did you think of Battinson, as you were so apt to call it? I liked it. Okay. Truthfully, uh, I, I like you. I try to avoid most of the previews and trailers because trailers tend to give everything away. They'll even give away twists and like major plot points that really should not be given away. So if anything, I'll watch maybe the first teaser and that's about it. So I went in knowing the teaser and knowing some of the controversy we had heard that Robert Pattinson refused to work out, that he was carrying on some kind of relationship with Zoe Kravitz. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was that was a rumor that I had heard that he was... Uh, I think I'd even heard that she had gotten pregnant during the filming. Oh, snap. Yeah, not... I, I don't know if that's true. I don't actually care for the most part about, like, actors' personal lives. So she could have had some batten sons. Indeed. I'm sorry. Indeed. That, was, that was that was bad. That was <laughs> It's okay. You're a father, it's in your blood. You can't help a yourself. A little, a little. But I liked it. It was um one of the things that I've really liked was the detail of the eye makeup. Like the the grease paint that he uses on his eyes, because that always bothered me that all the movies before pretended like there wasn't eye makeup. I mean, even in the what Batman Returns, Michael Keaton pulls the mask off 
and you can see that the transition. Mm-hmm. There's a point where he's looking and his eyelids are black and then it cuts away and cuts back and his eyelids are white. Like there's no makeup on them anymore. It's just his normal skin. And then he pulls the mask off because they were like, okay, this will look silly if you have black eyeshadow on, but I like that they actually did that in this one. They didn't try to like cut around it or, or explain it away. So it makes it like that a little bit more realistic. And then they went off the deep end with like mission impossible style contact lens cameras and things like that, (laughs) which like everything else. in it was fairly grounded. I mean, it was like normal computer tech and phones and, you know, cars and stuff like that. Like that car is based off a 68 charger or something like that. And like a style motorcycle. So in the beginning of this, I, I had the feeling it, it, I think it alluded to the fact that this was going to give us something we haven't gotten from any Batman movie yet. And that's the fact that Batman is the world's greatest detective. I thought there was going to be more of that in this movie. And I don't know if it really lived up to that. Right. I agree. I agree. I don't, he did some detective work, but a lot of it was, I don't know. A lot of it was done by Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, I don't know, man, it's hard to do a detective movie and make it not boring, like to mix the action of a Batman movie with the detective stuff. But I think they did a decent job. There was some detective ish things. You know, they had like the the scenes where he was along with the police and there was this tension between him and the police that I really liked. I liked um, I don't know. I liked the way everybody interacted. I liked that a lot of cops didn't want him there. I liked that he that he seemed more uncomfortable as Bruce Wayne than he did as Batman. I like that. It's, you know, it's the standard thing that I don't really enjoy with Batman anymore. That is, you know, Bruce Wayne is the mask and it's like, I get it, but it's kind of a boring concept now. You know, that was edgy when that first became a thing, but it's one of the reasons why I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it. I prefer green arrow because <laughs> green arrow has been a minute. All right. Thanks for bringing right. it back. It's been a minute. Yeah, Green Arrow is a dude who's trying to be a hero and do the right thing because he can't. Whereas Batman is like living out this mission and then he has to like re- reluctantly go back to being a person by day. That's so kind of how they made him. You could say he's reluctantly crouched at the starting line, engines thumping and pumping in time. That's no, okay. No, I was no cake. No cake today. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's. Really interesting. You know, I I was just talking to somebody the other day about how they felt about the movie. And they're like, you know, Bruce Wayne's supposed to be like this suave playboy. But this is where he's he hasn't formed that persona yet. You know, he shows up in like a 60s, you know, second generation Corvette. Uh Uh-huh. And it's cool. And he kind of has a little bit of the look, but he seems just profoundly uncomfortable as as Bruce Wayne. You know what I mean? I agree with that. He's so far out of out of all of them. My favorite Bruce Wayne has been Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Michael Keaton was the best Bruce Wayne. He wasn't the best Batman per se. Um, he was a decent Batman, but George Clooney he, was the best bas- best Batman, right? That's that's I, where you're going. Obviously, obviously. Um, I hadn't thought about it in that particular vein. Like he he hadn't gotten to the point of what we knew him through, let's say Batman, the animated series mm-hmm, where he, he has a very well that, that part very well, where he was both 
suave, sophisticated Bruce Wayne and I am vengeance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like doing both those is it's a that is a difficult tightrope to walk. And so yeah. any movie trying to do that, trying to portray that, it's it's hard. It's hard to do that correctly. And see, I just I like that you saw it from that aspect because I, I didn't necessarily think about that. It was really hard to tell. And I, I did like the fact that this wasn't a Batman origin story. Everybody already knows yeah. all of that. Thank you. Like, please, when you re when you reset these characters, do not do that again. I don't, I know where Superman comes from. I know what happened to Spider-Man's uncle. Like I don't need any of this stuff. So I was really glad they didn't do that, but it, I thought it made it difficult for you to know where in the bat time frame he fell. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I liked his interactions with the police as much as I think you did. I mean, he's I, very, I, he's very angry and he's hostile towards everybody. Like he, he goes in with the police, but he, he, seems to understand like his body language, the way he moves very slowly. You know, I feel like that's, you know, I'm not a threat. I'm here to just kind of observe and not inter, you know, not interfere too much. That was kind of what I got from that body language a little bit, you know, kind of a, a, a slight hesitance. And the way I mean, he I don't know like, if I, I'm not sure if I agree with that. The very first scene that he's in with, I think the police where, uh, commissioner Gordon, like calls him in because the mayor has been murdered mm-hmm. and there's a detective who's there like doing his thing. And Batman like walks around the body and like, just like walks up to him and he just expects him to move. Mm-hmm. The guy's like, excuse me. It was like this commissioner Gordon. I like that actor, but it, I didn't feel, he didn't feel like commissioner Gordon. For whatever reason, and I know he's not commissioner in this. That hasn't happened yet. It's it's yeah. precursor to that, which I didn't think about this, but that's probably a big giveaway as to where Batman is in, you know, the bat time frame. It's yeah, he says in the beginning. Gordon. Yeah, he says in the beginning narration that it's like two years, three years in. Or year, okay. I think it's year three. I think it's like it's he's in year three of doing this and he's got people scared. I actually really like that scene where it's all the you know shady people doing shady people stuff Uh (laughs) uh-huh i did like i like that a lot too and they're they're all like is he there could he be there like the guy drops his spray paint can and it rolls into the dark and he's like that just doesn't want to go get it right i did i like the beginning part of that i like the beginning where he uh he saves the guy who is being accosted in the subway Mm -hmm. by like that gang and yet I guess it's because it's so early on in this Batman thing. The the citizens don't know him as that yet. That he's like whispers and shadows. Yeah, it's still they a thing of like they don't see him as the protector. And so this guy is like, please don't hurt me after he just saved him. Yeah. And, and don't they talk in the beginning like whether or whether he's even real? Mm. Isn't there like some conversation about that towards the beginning of the movie? Yeah, I think there there is a little bit of that that goes on. I want to know, what did you think of the Penguin? I like him. You know who played him, right? Yeah, Colin Farrell. That was... That was super weird. A little. That's a lot of makeup. Yeah, it's a lot of makeup. I really like the that particular portrayal as like the club owner, because it reminds me a lot of the Penguin from the Arkham games, which I thought was a good version of him. It was. 
my brain stopped. The Arkham games? Yeah. Yeah, I like the portrayal that he's just kind of a sleazy club owner. You know, it's not some versions he's, you know, a former like a member of a family that used to be about equivalent to the Waynes and his motivation is to like get back to there and other ones he's just like a simple gangster. And it seems like in the Arkham games it was kind of in between that. Mm-hmm. And this seems to be more towards the gangster thing, which I like. I like the way he acted. I like the way he behaved towards Batman. I like that he wasn't, you know, scared of him. He just kind of was like, hey, you know, come and let's talk. Uh-huh. I was like willing to kind of deal with him, which was, you know, an interesting dynamic. So you tell me you didn't miss the Tim Burton penguin with flippers? Not really. Not really? I, mean, I think they could have given Danny DeVito another shot. <laughs> I'm always down for some more Danny DeVito. Let's let's be honest. I mean, if Colin Farrell had just eaten like a raw fish during ah, one of the scenes, ah, like ah. like instead of having a martini brought in or whatever, like so a waiter comes in with like a tray with just a fish bowl in it, and he just reaches into the bowl and grabs a fish. That would have been uh... no. You need the martini, but instead of an olive, it's a sardine. <laughs> 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 yeah, martinis are. That's how martinis are. There, but you know, people <laughs> drink them. Yeah, it's all right. It, uh, yeah, I like the portrayal. I liked. Uh, I really liked the car chase. Car chase was good. That whole action scene was a little disjointed with Batman being on the ground for part of it, and then all of a sudden he's just like in his car. Like they're all still outside. They're shooting at stuff, whatever. And then all of a sudden he's in his car revving the engine, and they just decide to jump in their cars and run for some reason. It's like, uh, maybe just go back inside. He's in the car. You'll know when he's out of the car because the car will stop. Just. I don't know. That that was a little, I don't know, kind of nitpicky to say. But what did you think of? And I don't even know if they use this name in the movie. But what did you think of Edward Nigma? What do you think of Riddler in this? I I don't know. I really liked. I think my favorite portrayal ever of the Riddler was obviously yeah. Jim Carrey. I, Obviously, I was about to say that, but no, <laughs> uh, the version from Gotham. OK, where he starts disassociating or whatever the word is, like he starts having this secondary personality that begins to emerge. Like, is he you know, he, he goes through like a me, myself and Irene kind of transformation. Interesting. He, like, I never saw like, Gotham. So, oh, my God. It the, the season where the Riddler sort of comes into being is so good. Like, it's genuinely really good TV. Okay. And the way he goes from being, you know, this meek, mild mannered person whose only friends are, you know, Lee Tompkins and uh, Gordon to what he becomes and like just the psychological stuff that we're seeing from his own perspective was really, really cool. And he's never just crazy. Like he's smart. He's always smart. That was one of the things about that character. Yeah. He's smart. And there's kind of his thing. Yeah, and it's like I don't know uh, the the what's his name Paul Dano. Yes, this version is kind of like what CNN thinks an incel is, <laughs> like a guy who's just sitting at home in front of his computer, like complaining about how the world should be and re- recruiting people to his cause. Like I think that's really I don't know I don't I don't love that. I think maybe it's one of those things where it's like this is how he started out there's potential to him doing something more in the future, but like, this is his beginning. And I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how exactly how I feel about it. I actually liked 
the scenes from the teaser of him being taken down in the diner. Like I really like the shot of the diner at night with the neon and the mm-hmm. lights and all that stuff. And then that was a good scene. The the coffee cup with the little question mark in it that he was playing with. Like I like that more than what we actually got. I think he's super creepy in the mask, especially when he's standing in the mayor's house, just like standing there in the shadows, like watching mm-hmm. as he's not not getting noticed. That was something I took issue with how hyper violent he was. Mm. It's the first portrayal of him that has given us that like he would do things and he would put people in positions of, you know, ultimate danger or something that you have to solve the riddle to save them kind of a thing. But never, never in this manner, never. This was like Riddler meets Saw Hmm. for some of this stuff. Okay, but I see what you mean. Yeah, I really I I think overall. I think overall they did a good job of if, if this is how you're going to portray this character, like when you talked about that, he's, you know, on these message boards and he's recruiting people because this is his worldview that he's been wronged. The whole, you know, we're both orphans thing that happens at the end. I thought that was very good. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. That you're not an orphan. You were, yes, we both, I mean, you didn't have parents either, but you're up in your rich palace and I'm living, you know, I actually have to fight with, you wake up with rats gnawing on your fingers and like, like real gritty horrible way to to grow up like orphanage kind of thing Uh and so there's i thought it was an interesting way to pull in a lot of what goes on nowadays with groups on whether it's message boards or like a tiktok or things like that where you you're in your own little bubble and so you're surrounding yourself with people who believe the same thing whether it's a a political ideology or just whatever your worldview is religion, whatever it is that you're only surrounding yourself with that particular group. And that I thought it was interesting the way it kind of ended with what he did. And even though he was in jail, having all these other quote unquote Riddlers who were there doing their thing, just, I thought that was an an interesting thing for him to do as the big bad of this movie. And he was he was easily the big bad of the movie. It was really about him the whole time. Penguin was an ancillary bad guy who may end up becoming something much more later in, in later movies if we have any. But like the plan that he came up with, which there there has to be a point where I get to talk about that, like that's Gotham is boned. Like, I don't know how they recover from this. Me either. Mechanically, I don't know how it works. Like that, like, that seems like what happened. We, the first vacation my family and I took, we went to the Grand Canyon. As part of that road trip, we stopped by the Hoover Dam. The security around the Hoover, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yet, apparently, there's a seawall that kind of reminded me of Pacific Rim a little bit. Yeah. Had, had a little bit of that vibe. Um, apparently, he was able to just park vans next to it full of explosives. Like, after, I mean, I feel like after 9 11, 
there were some lessons learned about vulnerabilities and terrorism. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a straight terroristic action, but that like Riddler kills tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people with this action that he does. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a big deal. And I, I, I loved that he pulled it off. That Batman didn't stop him. I mean, he, he ultimately stopped what was going to happen after that in the uh, arena, I guess they were in that, that whole situation, you know, that was his Batmaning, but like the Riddler did it. And, and I like that. I, I really enjoyed that he was able to pull it off. Yeah. I thought that what we were seeing for a moment was like Batman's vision of what was going to happen and what he had to stop. And it's like, Oh no, this is actually what's happening right now. Yep, agreed. A hundred percent. I thought that too for a second. Then I was like, oh no. Yeah, I like the other part that I really, really enjoyed in the movie was the scene where Battenson goes to Arkham, I guess, and he's meeting with Riddler. And yes, he, that was like a good he's scene. told Gordon, like, I think this might be it for the Batman. And he's going Bruce Wayne and like saying that over and over. And I, I just I don't know if it's me putting so much into it. But the way his eyes look, he just like looks at him without turning his head all the way towards him. Just like what's happening here. Like he's not totally sure. And then he eventually realizes like I I like that the choice was for the character to go, even though he might be found out like he doesn't run. He just goes. And then even as Riddler is saying his name, he like still comes closer. He sits down and then he real you know, and he realizes like, no, he's just upset that Bruce Wayne didn't die or whatever. Like he's upset that that was the one that they missed that that was the one that they got away. You know, it's like, man, can you believe we got everybody with this guy? Like, that's not terrible, right? Like we did. Okay. Batman's like, what are you talking about? I love that Batman was like used by him a little bit. Yes. Agreed. I thought that was a very interesting, I don't want to call it a twist per se, but that Batman didn't see that coming. And this is, it's because it's a young Batman. We're not talking, you know, leader of the justice league, seasoned veteran Batman who absolutely would not have the wool pulled over his eyes like this. Mm -hmm. Yet he was still, he was still doing Batman things. Like when the Riddler was leaving these riddles and these little things, he was like, here's the answer. Here's the answer. Here's the answer. Like he just knew thumb drive, thumb drive. Oh, thumb drive. There were, there were a lot of good references in this and there were, there were a lot of good jokes. Like just, you know, the way they would. Yeah. It was just, a lot of it was really, really cleverly written. Another thing that I really enjoyed, one of the, you know, one of these positive aspects about it was Batman in the animated series, the OG animated series. I don't know so much about like the new adventures or Batman and Robin or whatever else, but Batman didn't always have to be wearing the suit to be Batman. He would disguise himself in other ways. He would disguise mm-hmm. himself as whatever he needed to to get the job done. He would usually throw the suit back on. And in this, he does that. Like, he goes to that club as Bruce Wayne because he knows they'll let Bruce Wayne in. Like, I right. think that's part of his forming that persona. Like, like he realizes being Bruce Wayne can be useful sometimes. They'll let him in. They'll know who he is. And I like that it's the same two dudes that he fought with before. And they're like, Bruce Wayne. Like, wow. And like then he gets in, changes into his suit, and goes and does his thing. Yeah. I really I like enjoy the two yeah. twin guys. Mm-hmm. That was good. What did you think about Selena Kyle? I think this version of Selena Kyle was really good. 
because okay. normally we don't get very much humanity out of her or anything relatable. It's usually just, I want to do what I want to do because I'm like enigmatic and mysterious and I'm the, you know, the only weakness Batman has because he can't figure me out. Like that's kind of what they go for most of the time. And in this one, like it was very clear that she had her own agenda. Mm-hmm. She was a little bit darker than Batman. She had a rougher upbringing than Batman. Batman made assumptions about her and she was like, no, no, you see things in black and white. You know, and this this is the way the world really is. And I thought from that perspective as as a, a, a way of doing her, you know, fleshing out her character in a way that made her feel human. I think they did a really good job. I don't I don't know that I totally buy their like romance because he just kind of like creeped and peeped. Mean. And then he was like, you got a lot of cats and they had that one little tussle. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean. It is also one of those things where it's like he showed actual concern about her and like accepted some of the criticism from her, like realized some of his own failings because of it. So I, I did know. think there was a little bit of the thing that we've had an issue with on this show that other YouTubers that we know have taken issue with where this tiny girl is defeating men that are twice her size. Some of it I bought. Yeah like some surprise things that they weren't expecting, but other times where like towards the end when she was trying to go after, Oh my God. Falcone. What was his name? Yeah. Falcone. Thank you. Um, she surprise surprises his guard and gets the upper hand on him through surprise. But then he comes back later in that same confrontation and goes after her and she just kind of beats him up. And I don't, I don't know if exactly that's how that would work, but like it, there were certain parts of it that I felt okay with because it, it made sense for the scene for her using mm-hmm. the things that are available to make the most of the situation. But then I thought it devolved in some certain cases to, well, we just want her to win the fight. So we're going to have her beat up these people who it's unrealistic that it would work out that way. And there were times I felt that with Batman himself, because like you said in the beginning of this, he didn't get jacked for this. Whereas uh, the last couple Batmans we've had, Christian Bale and Ben Affleck, they bulked up because if you're going to be Batman, you're 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 not fighting. You're not you can't you can't be Batman and be a scrawny ish kind of Batman. He reminded me more of like John Wick. Like when you see John Wick and he's in the shower and he's just, mm-hmm. I mean, he's in good shape and he's ribbed. He's got muscles and things, but he's but slim. Yeah. He's not even like, there's a new movie that just came out that I know you and I both want to watch very much. So called the Northman. Yes. And Skarsgård, there's a scene where he's coming and he's got like two axes and he's like coming at the camera and he is, he's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger big, but he is ripped. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, like, I do not want this berserker coming after me. Pattinson didn't even have that. No. It's really, it's really hard to buy the amount of physicality it takes to be Batman from Pattinson. It is hard to buy that. Now, let's say he continues with this. Let's say they make more of these so they can get over whatever issues they had in the film, the making, the, the politics of it, the movie stuff that goes on behind the scenes we don't know about if he were to 
work on that and get bigger as the films went on, like to show a progression in this character, then this gripe that I have now becomes less of a gripe. Then I'm like, okay, he's at least, you know, he was in good shape and I'm sure works super hard because Batman's work ethic is, is why he's Batman. It's, it's worlds above the average human being. That's how he's able to do the things he's able to do. So if that were to happen, I think I could accept it a little bit more because this being early on in Batman's career and whatnot, that he gets bigger and more badass as time goes on. All right. I can, I can kind of buy that. Yeah. But just seeing him as is, and just this movie, just taking this as is, it is hard to buy him doing some of the stuff that he does the size that he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's really not a big dude. He, they use that scene where they're showing him from behind. They show like all the bruises on his back and stuff. Mm-hmm. And his back looks muscular, kind of. But then they do a lot to avoid showing him like from the front with his shirt off too much or whatever else because he just doesn't really have hardly any muscle mass. Right. Like like you're saying, I mean, just you have to have more muscle than that to be able to use a the grapple gun and like pull yourself up buildings and stuff like that. Like there's just there's no way that you would naturally like do the things Batman does every night and not look like, you know, the way Ben Affleck got himself. Right. I mean, you can say Christian Bale, like he, he goes up and down for movie roles. Like it's nothing. He's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's an aberration What with what he can do with his body. It's absolutely, yeah. I don't, I don't even know what words to put it, what category to put him in with the proper words. I don't, my, my lexicon isn't that comprehensive. Sorry. Right. Yeah. It's super weird. It is. Um, yeah. I'm thinking, what did he play? Dick Cheney, right? What? Didn't he play Dick Cheney in some movie? Who? Christian Bale. Oh, maybe. Hold on. Now I have to. I have no idea. That. Yeah. He played Dick Cheney in the movie Vice. Okay. And uh, 2018. Wow. And he got like real chubby and old looking. And then he does a movie like. Um, the Mechanic? Yeah. Like The Mechanic or even like he was in the Ford v. Ferrari Ford movie. Ford v. Ferrari, yeah. Okay, so I know we've talked about Batman for a while. I also want to transition transition this into Spider-Man. Well, hold on. Uh, before we do that, I want to talk more about our gripes. Okay. So he's not very big. I mean, that's kind of just a physical thing. It's the same thing we were talking about with Selena Kyle or with any of these other like female action heroes where they don't bulk up either. If you have one like Gina Carano, she looks like she could mess you up because she could. Because she could, right. But then you have like, you know, people built like Kristen Stewart doing the same thing and it doesn't feel realistic. Was there anything else that bothered you about it? Um, and would you say you liked it overall? I don't know it. I feel like considering that I, I saw how long the movie was going to be before I got into it because I wanted to know how, how long is this going to take? And the first night I was going to watch it, I saw how long it was. I'm like, I don't have time for that. I cannot start this tonight. Three hours. Mm-hmm. I expected more of it in three hours. There were, I just, a lot of it didn't feel, it, a lot of it didn't feel like a Batman movie to me. And I, I don't even know if I could put my finger on why that is. Uh, Lieutenant, mm-hmm. I guess Gordon, he was off for some reason, even though I really like that actor. 
it was he there seemed were t- a lot less confident and competent than Gordon is usually portrayed as being. He was a lot more like relying on Batman to do stuff and looking out for him and all that, where Gordon's usually like more Batman's equal than like his just his in. Yeah. At the police force. And he's he's not like just a beat cop. He's a lieutenant. Like he would have he he should have that at least some form of that confidence, that that attitude that you should have getting to, you know, a little bit higher rank in the force. Mm-hmm. Of Gotham PD, but I didn't. I didn't feel great about him. Um, I thought I did like the Penguin. Weird, Colin Farrell was playing that, but I thought he did a good job. I kind of went back and forth on the Riddler. I really liked kind of how it ended up. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how it started, and I'm like, oh, that's that's the Riddler, the whole mask thing, the the way they did that. I, I wasn't necessarily how vi- hyper violent he was. I wasn't necessarily a big fan of that. So this, um, and Selena Kyle, I don't know. I think you made some good points with her. I don't, don't think I was a big fan of her character that much, but I do, I do like the things you brought up about her and being a more fleshed out character versus just a more of a caricature of a character. Yeah. She's always just like a kind of a generic femme fatale. Yeah. And so I, Thinking about that now, I think I do agree with you that I like that more. But it, I mean, this all really, and I liked, I liked Alfred. Yeah, because I mean, it's <laughs> it's him and uh, Andy Circus, and he's yep. great. Yeah, he was good. He was. I thought he was a good Alfred. We could have used more of him. Could you could use more of him? But I don't know. The I thought there was a good build up of relationship between Batman and Alfred that there was some of that. He's still Batman still kind of young or Bruce Wayne still kind of young. So he doesn't, he doesn't really see Alfred the way he should be seeing him, but that actually grows and changes throughout the course of the movie. Mm -hmm. And he really understands how much that this, this individual means to him. So I liked some of the character growth there. But ultimately, it comes down to Batman himself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I like Battinson. Yeah, I just... I, I need you to look up somebody. Um, Why? All right. Oh, God, what's his name? Look up Nicholas Holt. H-O-U-L-T. Got it. Oh, I recognize that name just off the top of my head. He, you probably know him from the X-Men movies. He played. Yeah, Dino. I know who that is. Yeah. He I know exactly what you're talking about. What I read was that he was one of the two, like him and Bat and Pattinson. I keep now I'm calling him Pattinson genuinely. Those were the two like in the running for this role. And I think Holt would have done a lot better. I mean, just in terms of like looking like the traditional Bruce Wayne, you know, he has kind of the more, I don't know, traditional good looks. He would have done a better. He would have done a better Bruce Wayne. I don't know that he necessarily would have done a better Batman, though. I'd be curious if he would be willing to put forth the work that it would take to bulk up enough to be a Batman. Yeah, if he I did. Know. I might agree with you on that because I like him. I like that actor. Yeah, but it's man. I just, I just don't know if I liked Robert Pattinson's Batman. And I want to like, give him. Robert Pattinson. 
Yeah. I have seen him in things that I really like. The lighthouse was amazing. Yeah. It was so good. And, and Defoe was in Northman. Hmm? Defoe was in Northman. Yep. I'm, <laughs> I'm super excited. Defoe is also in the movie we're about to talk about after this one. Yeah. All right. So should we do final thoughts? Because I could talk about the new ones of this kind of all night. We're already 42 minutes in. Yeah, we can do some final thoughts. That's fine well, by me. 42 minutes pre-editing. Yeah, well, I mean, what what ifs? What ifs? Yeah. All right. So I guess I'll go first. For me, I thought it was a good take on a young Batman who is realizing that just straight up going into like the revenge and scaring everybody thing isn't necessarily the best way. And he realizes and they do like build up to it. It's not just like a sudden, you know, out of nowhere thing at the end of the movie that he realizes like, oh, people are afraid of me. I need the city to trust me and get behind me on stuff like it's like you said, he saves that guy and that guy's like, please don't hurt me. Because he doesn't, you know, he just knows this, like, person emerged from the shadows and just, like, just wrecked everybody. And that that even continues all the way to the end of the movie. When you're at the climax of the movie and he's trying to save people in this big flooded area. And he's, like, he, he lifts some debris out of the way and he, like, reaches his hand out. And they're reluctant to come up to him. Right. Right. And then it, it really culminates with that. The person that he's helping, that he's mm-hmm. carrying, and then they put her on the stretcher, and she's like holding onto his arm. Absolutely. And he like puts his hand over hers and like holds it until she's gone, and then he's just like watching. I, I really actually like that. I like that. I like seeing. I, I think it's a good, um, sort of conclusion to come to and message to give when you put it against like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. Which I think maybe is what they were trying to do a little bit with some of this, making it a little bit more grounded, a little bit more just unusual, as opposed to like a straight up superhero movie, like formulaic superhero movie. Because the Joker ends where he's like a symbol of rebellion and Batman is this symbol of like vengeance and whatever. And he wants to become a symbol of hope. So it's a much more positive end for that. And I, I wonder if it's influenced at all by by Joker, even though they're not in the same universe. But yeah, overall, I like the movie a lot more than I dislike it. There, there are little gripes with uh, maybe some of the performances just in turn, not, not performances, but the interpretations of the characters and maybe the physical portrayal of Batman specifically. The only real problem I had was with what I'm guessing is a Joker that we see right at the very end. Uh huh. I really didn't like the look or sound of it. I also don't like that they shoehorned that into this movie at all. I'm I'm a hundred thousand percent sure that that was a studio thing that they're like, we have to tease a Joker because how would people know that Batman might run up against the Joker at some point? You know, I, I hate that they tease that at the end. It, it 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 took away. It was like the Will Smith slap. <laughs> it, it just took the focus off other things in the movie because everybody's like, oh, what what's up with this Joker? I do not like the way he looked. I don't like the way he sounded. I don't like the way he talked, but I guess we'll see. So for me, it's it's a watch for sure. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a cool new take on it. And I, I want to see where it goes. I want to see them do kind of what they did with our next movie, which is they take this hero and eventually turn him into what we are used to. Like they took Spider-Man, he kind of eventually comes pretty close to what's in the comics. 
I want them to do that with this Batman. I want him to be a better Bruce Wayne. I want him to be a better Batman. So I'm in. I'm excited. I mean, I don't know if you're going to get that. I don't know if they're going to continue this. I don't know if it did well enough to warrant that. And that's what Hollywood's about. They don't just do things because they have a really good vision. Unless it's like some weird political thing. I mean, okay, yeah, for sure. But for me, I don't know. I didn't, this didn't feel like a Batman movie. I think you're making a lot of good points. And it does make me question some of the things I thought about it. Just being a young Batman and coming to terms with things. I think there was a lot of growth to the characters in the movie. So I did enjoy that. I thought that was very well done. I I really liked that the bad guy basically did what he was set out to do. Mm -hmm. Not the full scope of the plan, but the major thing that's going to hurt the city. He, he completed it. And I really like that, mm-hmm. but Oh man, watch or not a watch. Oh geez. I, I'm going to call Battinson not a watch. Hmm. Okay. I think I'm going to go the other way with it. I just, there was something about it. I, I might change my mind if they make other ones and they really build off of what they've started. I do agree with you with the shoehorning and the Joker that it was entirely unnecessary. I thought it was, I'm like, really? Is this, are they doing it? They're doing a Joker thing. He's already in Arkham. I mean, okay. That's a little weird, but yeah, not, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with not a watch. Sorry. Sorry. Halligans can't, can't love everything we watch. Yeah. I like that. We disagree sometimes. I like this movie. I've met people who didn't. I met people like, yeah, just the conversations I've had in the last week or two have kind of altered my opinion a little bit. I've been more positive. I think I've changed more people than they've changed me in terms of opinions. But yeah, pretty good overall. I really like that Batmobile, though. No, Batmobile was good. I did give it that. Really Batmobile cool. was... I liked it certainly better than the last... Wait, not the last one. The one before the last one. The Tumblr? Yeah, the Tumblr. Hated the Tumblr. I didn't... Yeah, I didn't love the Tumblr. I didn't... I actually think I like the Bad Fleck one, kind of. I don't. I don't like those. That movie. I mean, I like the Snyder cut. Obviously, I don't like the one that actually came out in theaters. But yeah, that Batmobile was pretty. It looked more Batmobile-ish than the Tumblr for sure. For sure. All right. Uh. So, I guess we'll just hurry through No Way Home. So, well, why why don't you start? Because I have some thoughts. So, <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home. This is a movie that did something that has never been seen from what I can tell in cinematic history. I mean, it couldn't have happened almost before now, but to do what they did to pull in other characters from the same franchise, but like different reboots of the character... So they are pulling in villains from other movies. And I I thought it was really interesting for that mm-hmm. to be able to use the idea of a multiverse. And I think I think the reason this movie was allowed to be made the way it was was because of Into the Spider-Verse, the cartoon one they did mm. and how well received that was. I think that jump started the idea of that was behind this. But the fact that they were actually able to get all of the original actors who played all of those roles 
to come back and reprise them for this movie. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Now in the very beginning of, of no way home, I was groaning. I did not like how it started, how it felt the interaction with him and MJ. It's just, and there was, you know, Aunt May and happy and, just a a bunch of this stuff that was like, what is going on? I just, the, the school stuff, like I just, when he's, when he's on top of the bridge with her and mm-hmm. he's talking to Ned and they're like, dude, 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 hated it. I'm like, dude, I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to like this, but as the movie went on after Dr. Strange gets involved and it really kind of gets rolling, by by the time the end credits rolled around, I was like, "You, you sons of bitches, you got me," mm-hmm. because just what they were able to pull off with this, I th- I think I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I agree with a lot of what you're saying that the sort of forced drama and just the kid aspect of it, you know. Yeah, some of the some of the humor is a little odd, but some of it I. I kind of like to like where they're they make some joke about like their lair or whatever. And Peter asks MJ to do whatever. And she's like, yes, my spider Lord or something. Oh, yeah. Like, uh-huh. that because, you funny. know, spiders. And yeah, that was OK. Um, that wasn't bad. I still like um, the fuck is her name? Zendaya? Zendaya. Yeah, I like her. I like her as MJ or as a version of MJ. She seems believable as like a teenage kid where. You know, Kirsten Dunst and uh, Tobey Maguire didn't quite as much. Okay, I get they that. They probably weren't really any older than these two. It's just these two look super young. Yeah, that is also true. So, and I just, I like that they play up that relationship. I like that they're like flirty for a while. It's not just liking from a distance. And then all of a sudden he becomes Spider-Man and he gets the girl. Like, I like that there's something else to it. And that's, you know, over the course of all the movies. Yep. And I was so happy that they actually did it. They actually brought everybody in. Like when they had Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, like they're trying and the way they brought them in too through the sling rings. Yes. Was super cool. Like that was a really neat way to just like run into them, like to be like, okay, we're looking for Spider-Man. Like, and it's just, it, it's a Spider-Man for sure, but it's not our Spider-Man. Oh my goodness. I love the idea of it opening the door to more, Amazing Spider-Man movies, more movies related to the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. So we or, can see multiple Spider-Verses and potentially have crossovers in the future. Mm-hmm. Or bringing in some of the X-Men from those movies and things into just the Marvel universe. Because well, they've opened that door now. See, what I'm what what I think might have been happening is Sony still owns the movie rights to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I think they're taking Spider-Man back. I'm not 100% sure. I've heard rumors about that before, just like in forums and stuff like Reddit and whatever else. But I, it makes a lot of sense. They they took Spider-Man and some of the gripes that I had were like Spider-Man came up with a lot of his stuff on his own. He made his suit by himself. He did all the stuff by himself. He didn't have Tony Stark as a mentor. You know, he he did things on his own. He eventually becomes members of these groups in the comics and whatever else. But he he did stuff on his own and it felt 
a little cheaper to have him just kind of handed things. And in this, they kind of made him earn it. You know, he has to deal with mistakes and deal with the responsibility of having mishandled the responsibility he was given by Tony Stark before. Yeah. I mean, I think the most unrealistic part of the entire movie, including the multiverse stuff, is that Doctor Strange would take a spell that dangerous and just do it without even talking through anything. Like, they took the time to go to a special place to do it. I but don't he know. Wasn't like, here's how it works. He just, like, started doing it. I I buy that from him because he still He's hasn't impulsive. gotten over that arrogance yet. Uh he him in the first he was that was his thing. He was super arrogant and he seemed kind of the same in this. Yeah. And there was I thought there were parts of it and we're going to have to see how the Marvel movies go cuz I'm getting real tired of how quippy it becomes. Yes. Like, oh, oh, sir, I, you know, we saved half the universe together. You're, we're, I think we're beyond sir at this point. Okay, Steven, mm, weird, but I'll allow it. Like, there were some things that, I mean, it's okay, but then they, like, revisit that whole thing, and so, oh, I'm getting a little sick of that from Marvel. Yeah, it's getting I'm, a bit too much. Yeah, I'm getting tired of the, the way they talk. Like, in Iron Man, the way Robert Downey Jr. speaks is funny. He's clever. Mm-hmm. You know, the way different characters speak is is unique to them. And then we went through um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Basically, I changed all of it. Like everything in those movies was a joke. Like Taika Waititi, his way of doing things like everything's a joke. Everything is subverting expectations. It's a visual gag. It's like one liners. And now all of the movies are like that. And, and they I don't shouldn't like be. It. It, it definitely gets in the way of like feeling like the characters are real and sincere because everything just has to end in a joke. It's like a sitcom where you have to get a laugh every, you know, 10 seconds or whatever, or else you're not doing well. Imagine if that had happened in winter soldier, right? Would have ruined that movie. That movie was so good because it didn't feel like a typical, like it wasn't Tony Stark being Tony Stark. It was, it was, it felt like a spy movie that just happened to have Captain America in it. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they need to really take a look at what they're trying to do, like the into the multiverse, this next thing that's coming out and it's coming out fairly soon here for us. I'm interested to see it. It seems like it's going to be fairly serious. Like it's going to, there's some major things are going on and it's going to be pretty serious. And if they do it that way and they, they keep some of that jokey joke time stuff out of it, I think I'm going to appreciate it much more. I'm really hoping that's going to be the case because of the level of seriousness that you're dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. Multiverse of Madness looks like it could be good. It looks like it could be more of the same like wrong path they've been going down for the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean it's not, and it's not even that the movies have been particularly bad. It's that they're just so formulaic now. Yes. They're just, they're all the same. They all feel the same. Like they, they just, I don't know. They got to a point where it's like all the characters just feel the same. None of them act differently. Like I I like Thor being more fun, better than being serious, but that was part of his character. He took things very seriously, very literally, you know, same with Drax a little bit. Drax is now like, I mean, they just keep running with that joke, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, man. It just, they all feel the same now. They all kind of behave the same. They joke the same. Like none of them have really individual personalities anymore, except like cap 
Bucky, uh, T'Challa, you know, they, they kind of had their own unique personality, but the rest of them, it was all quippy, you know, the, whatever T'Challa's sister's name was, she, Suri, something like that. Yeah. She, she was quippy. Banner's quippy. Ant-Man's quippy. They're all quippy. It's, it's just not interesting anymore. Um, Even, uh, even super, super girl. What's her name? Cap, Cap Marvel. Yeah. It's kind of quippy. Like I'm over it. Even Wong. I mean, Wong's awesome, but Wong is getting quippy too. And it's yeah, kind and of, yeah. Like Shang-Chi you had his little sidekick girl, like yeah. too much. It's, it's getting, it's getting, no going overboard. They're going overboard with it. Okay. But yeah, as far his, as this movie is concerned, his, uh, his sidekick, Dasani or, or pure life. Yes. It's something like that. <laughs> okay so you know what i'm just i'm just putting this out there after watching this movie and seeing them bring in the toby Maguire and andrew garfield spider-mans it made me realize tom holland is my least favorite spider-man yeah he just he just is i i don't there's almost nothing about him that I'm that I'm buying as Spider-Man. Like I don't mm-hmm. like him in high school. I don't really like him as Spider-Man. I thought Tobey Maguire was a better Peter Parker. I thought Andrew Garfield was a better Spider-Man. Yep. I just and that it was really fun to see all of them at the same time and then talk about different things and talk about, you know, they talked about the bad guys that they fought and the different things. And just bring the ideas behind for, for them to be able to do that in this movie and to understand what the audience wants to see and to actually go out and do it and say, you know what? Like when I saw the trailer and it showed Doc Ock and it was Alfred Molina, I was like, what? Yeah. And then you hear the laugh. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin laugh. He stole the show. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was so He good. was so good and if, i mean of course he's so good it's damn willem defoe he's mm-hmm. great i mean jesus so and that's we talked about the lighthouse with with battinson he was also yep. in that they were the only two people in that basically and they it was fantastic and i have liked willem defoe since he was the detective in boondock saints Mm. He was so weird. He's always this like very odd character, but he's so good. He was so I found out something recently in American Psycho. He plays a detective. Mm-hmm. They did when he's interviewing uh Bateman. That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. When they're when he's interviewing Pat Patrick? Patrick Bateman, yeah. Yeah. He's interviewing him. They did three takes of that. One where he doesn't think Bateman's a suspect. One where he kind of thinks Bateman did it, and one where he definitely thinks Bateman did it. But then they spliced all of those together for the interview so uh. that the audience never really knew what was going on. And I thought that was extraordinarily interesting. And since we're talking really about him, I just I just had to throw that little bit in there. I thought that was really neat. But he is he's great, and he was great in this. But I'm I'm wondering if do I like this movie just because they did that? Or do I like it because it was a good movie? 
I I don't think that in this case the two are mutually exclusive. Okay. Because I would agree that Tom Holland's probably the worst of them. Even though he's fun. Like, I like Tom Holland. Mm -hmm. Based on his interviews, the way he is, like, he seems really cool. But I think the the problem with his version of Spider-Man, and it's not at all his fault, is that we never got to see him just be Spider-Man on his own. Like, we were talking about not getting Batman's origin story. Like, we don't need to get Spider-Man with Uncle Ben dying and whatever. But, like, having him learn to be Spider-Man and go through the hardships of that and, like, learning to kind of split his life. Whereas as soon as we come in, I mean, like, almost right away, and we get the the thing with the vulture and all that, but, I mean, it doesn't feel as much like he's trying to balance, like, a normal life with anything else because like right away after that first movie everybody knows pretty much like really quickly it gets into like the people who should know that he is know that he is spider-man yeah and it takes a lot of that out of it whereas there was more of a balance there's also the fact that there are other marvel characters for him to lean on the whole time mm-hmm. whereas spider-man was always alone before and that's always been kind of a thing is like spider-man bearing the weight of all this stuff on his own you know, whether it, regardless of which version it is, you know, in the comics, it's it's the Miles Morales version or the, the you know, the mainline old school Peter Parker version. They're they're really similar in that way that they have to, like, learn to do this stuff on their own and stand on their own. And I, I think that's what the other two have over it. And I really, really forgot how much I liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Yep. And I like the way that he's a little like overly emotional and overly excited because Andrew Garfield liked playing Spider-Man so much from what I understood. And my how could you not favorite moment in the entire movie is when he saves MJ. As soon as as soon as Tom got taken out, I'm like, oh, I knew I knew it was going to happen. I 100 percent knew that's what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I did, too. It made the most sense. Yeah, the way, but I mean, just the way they play it off, it's, they don't even refer, like they refer to it at one point that he, that he failed to save his Gwen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I like Kim hadn't seen that movie, so she didn't really understand the importance of it or like what happened. Okay. But I did because I, I've seen all of them. Obviously. And yeah, when he catches her and he just, he just holds her and he starts tearing up a little bit and she's like, are you, are you okay? And he just like kind of. Like, he can't speak even. He just nods. And then he, like, puts her down. It was, like, such a good moment. Like, it was so weirdly fulfilling and, like, redeeming for him. Yeah, that was. It was a very good moment. Yeah, and I do kind of want to see, like, I would not mind at all seeing a version of that where it's, like, from before this, where he got dark for a little while. Mm -hmm. Or, like, even the aftermath of going back to his universe and having kind of redeemed himself and maybe feeling like, okay, I can... Because he talks about like at a certain point, you just stop pulling your punches. So he's Which, clearly a darker, more more brutal Spider-Man than than the others. Like that's people take for granted how powerful Spider-Man is. Yeah, he's super powerful, super powerful. Like so if he stops pulling his punches, some of those bad guys he deals with, they are boned. Yeah, like he's going to start killing some fools. Yeah. What and, did you think about? And again, spoilers here. How again? Sorry if you haven't seen this. What do you think about Aunt May and what happened? I knew it was going to happen. I I actually did too because my daughter King spoiled it uh, for me. She hadn't even seen it, but because she reads a bunch of crap online, she knew and she just said it. And I'm like, really? She's like, oh, my bad. As soon as Aunt May was in the middle of anything, I was like, she's going to die. 
I'm a hundred percent sure. Even when she was acting like everything was okay, I was like, I don't believe you. She's dying. There's no way she's making it through this. I I liked how they did that. And I liked that they were able to throw in the line from the other two Spider-Man movies that they purposely left out of this version of Spider-Man. Yeah. Great power, great responsibility. And that the other two say, yeah, that's what Uncle Ben said to me when he died. So I liked that that's how they they kind of did something to link all of them by yeah. doing that. And I like that they had these shared moments and stuff, too, that they understood where they were coming from. Like, mm-hmm. I really, really also liked uh, where Tom Holland went all dark and was going to kill Willem Dafoe. He was going to kill Green Goblin. Yep. And he has the glider and he's going to stab him with it. And Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, just catches it. Yep. He doesn't take it away. He doesn't say anything. He just looks him in the eye and holds it. Like, I love that. Like, I, it was just like the perfect thing for this like veteran mentor version of Peter Parker who really knows what he's doing to do. I do. I have to give so many props to into the spider verse. Cause the more I think about it, the more I am positive. They don't do this movie. If that movie didn't do well first. Mm-hmm. And that I really appreciate, I guess, Sony for doing this, for getting the actors to do it and for bringing it together in, in such a, a really a really decent way of doing it. I something I didn't see coming was that apparently they were building the Statue of Liberty or adding on to it with a Captain America shield. Yeah. And I mean, he's he's totally my favorite superhero, but I did not see that coming. Like that was Why? Just because in the uh in the 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 what do we call it? Falcon and Winter Soldier, but what do we call it? Falcon, Falcon America. Falcon America. Is that what we were calling it? Yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, the shield is such a complicated symbol. It has such a complicated history. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> no, this was, it, this had it, some it was, really good moments. Some yeah. things I really enjoyed. Like when you talked about when, when they brought in the other two Spider-Men, when they brought in Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and Ned and MJ are all, Especially MJ is super leery. How do you know you're Spider Man? It was it was the thing I laughed at. Like I laughed out loud. For yeah, several moments, and he's just hanging there by one hand. Yeah, on the ceiling. That was <laughs> fantastic. Ah, oh, I was dying. It was so good. So yeah, I think um, I think. Sony did really well with this because I think this was a Sony movie in collaboration with Marvel. Yeah. And if they're taking Spider-Man back, which is what what I've kind of heard is why they did this, like why they made it so everybody would forget him and he'd kind of be removed from the MCU, essentially. Okay. Because it would feel weird to just add him back in later. So I think he's just gone or gone for now. I mean, it's there's nothing that that says that like Scarlet Witch or whoever couldn't at some point like do some, you know, magic stuff to just like bring back everybody's memories of him that needs to know who he is. And it's like, okay, now he's back. Yeah, for sure. But if this is Sony's way of being like, no, we want to have our own like Spider-Verse thing going on. This would be a really, really good way to do it. And it felt finally like finally at the end where he's in like a shitty little apartment on his own, like basic phone, basic laptop, like sewing machine. And then he goes off to Spider-Man on his own. I really, really like that. 
I, it's it's the first time he's really felt like Spider-Man to me. Yeah, I get that a lot too. And one other thing that I thought was that was well done in this when Willem Dafoe's character Green Goblin goes to see Aunt May at the kit the like soup kitchen. Yeah, feast. yeah, feast. I was trying to remember it from the the video game. Yeah. <laughs> so she's talking to him and he's like, here, I got to get him back. And I got to go, I got to take him. We got to, we got to send them all back. And she was like, is it, he's like, it's what's best. Is it what's best for them? Or is it what's best for you? That's what, that's what a mentor does. Somebody who are you, are you doing this for the right reasons? Like, I know you want to fix your mistake, but are you like, this is what we do. We help people. And that's what Spider-Man does. Yeah. He helps people like that's friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He kind of like kind of like a Captain America. He's going to choose the right thing. If he makes the choice to do it, it's probably the right choice. Mm-hmm. You can you can trust in that. And this was it was a good a good way to show that. I thought that there was there was growth with his character the way you just said it, how he, he ends in his little apartment and this is where he is now. I, I think you're right. I think it, there was a lot of growth to his character throughout the course of these three movies, especially in this movie. And I really like where he ended up by the time this was over. Yeah. I I really like it. I like what they did. I hope that if Sony is going to keep going in this direction, that they can keep up this level of quality. I would like to see, obviously, him interact with the MCU again at some point, but I'm not married to the idea that it has to happen. I just, we, I think we just want good Spider-Man movies. I mean, that would be a nice change of pace. And you know, towards with the with the little thing at the end, are we going to have him and Venom? Yeah. Like yeah, that has I mean, to be a thing, right? We have to it, see that on screen at some point. Yeah, that's what it seems like. It seems like him and Venom, or maybe, yeah, even possibly some kind of Venom linking into the MCU thing could be possible. Well, but I, and when I say a good Spider-Man movie, I thought all the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies were good. I'm just saying I want to see like a true Spider-Man solo movie with no supporting M- MCU where he has to figure shit out himself. So and we're talking... Does, Toby Maguire Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Like that level? Yeah. Ooh, that level. That that movie was it's still my favorite Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I want to. And I like that there were just speaking of that movie, I like that there are so many references and callbacks, like Toby Maguire having the back thing from where he had his like block, his like mental block, and he couldn't like swing anymore, like couldn't shoot webs or whatever, and he falls and hits that car and he's like, oh my back. <laughs> and then he's got the back thing in this one. Like I love, I I was watching one Spider-Man crack another Spider-Man's back, and I was like, "Is this real? Is this actually right? happening?" Like, <laughs> did is that better? Like, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, hey, God, me again. You you got it. You got my letters. This is what. This is why this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was the the things they did, the interactions between all of them. It. Like it was one thing just to see all these bad, <coughs> excuse me. It was one thing just to see all the bad guys come together from the different Spider-Man movies. Like I liked all of that, but seeing the three Spider-Men working together, dude, that was, 
it was so much better than I thought it was going than I had any idea it was going to be. I thought, yeah, it could have just been like a CGI mess. It could have turned out as bad as the uh, whatever the fuck his name is the you know the version of Justice League that we got in theaters. Oh, with the with the mustache, the removal of the super the super stash. Well, I just mean like the really generic like you go do your thing like Flash is running around and they're all just like talking over headsets or whatever the whole time. Like yeah. there's no feeling that any of them are doing anything particularly urgent. Like they were all actively in the same place, like coordinated really well. The action was done really well. It made it feel like there were actually three Spider-Men running around. But it, I like that they all had personalities that were so different. Like Tobey Maguire was very calm and he was a very much like a leader type figure. You know, Andrew Garfield was like very excited to be there. I, I even like that when he his mask is off and Electro sees him, he's like, oh, I thought you were black. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, because he doesn't <laughs> want to, he like, he, he doesn't want to disappoint. He right? didn't want to like not live up to what this guy thought he was. And I was like, no man, it's, it's fine. <laughs> He's like, like, I just I, assumed with all these universes, there's gotta be a black Spider-Man somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it's just, this, right. like, there is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I, I just like that moment. He's like, no man, it's fine. <laughs> like, you don't have to apologize for not being black. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, he just wants to please people. And I like, I don't know. That was a funny thing about him. And then Tom Holland just trying to put things back to normal and like take the opportunity to, like you said, you know, do this thing that is not easy for him, but is best for everybody else. Yep. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of good stuff. How, when the three Spider-Men working together, it was failing because they weren't trying to work together. They'd never done it. They're used to being solo. Yeah. So it was, it was difficult. And then the one of them, Tom Holland's character who has who has worked in the team, who has done things with, you know, in a group setting, was able to like, hey, even though he's the rookie, he's the youngest, he's like, here, this is what we need to do. And then they just kind of went after it. There was there were good decisions that they made in this that I really did enjoy, especially compared to how it started and how much I was not like even the scene in the beginning where Doc Ock pops up and he has to fight him and he's on the bridge and I didn't like it. I, I was not a fan of how they did it. I mean, some of it was okay, but other, I just, I was like, really? But as the, as it progressed, as it, you know, went forward, I really did enjoy it. And I'm sorry. One thing I just have to point out, I can't, I can't help. We're going to talk about this. I'm talking about it. So they go into the Sanctum Sanctorum and it's, covered in snow i'm sorry are you not wizards you tell him you can't magic that damn snow away he just like looks at the fireplace and it's on fire boom he does it he can't he can't harry potter wave your wand and the snow's gone like you got to be kidding me instead he's got his interns doing it or whatever right well whatever i thought that was a bit like what but you know it it just made for they could they could meet a few more quippy references. Yeah, it was just a gimmick. Like, yep, got to have Doctor Strange doing something funny, like show that he's kind of reckless and impulsive and things like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think some of that's probably going to lead into multiverse, mm-hmm. multiverse of madness. That that it's like you were reckless and here are the things that you do, and you know if you actually want to be Sorcerer Supreme again, you have to learn responsibility and to like be more measured. I'm excited yeah. for that movie. I am. I am too. After watching this, and I mean, I, 
I knew Doctor Strange 2 was going to be something I was going to be looking forward to. I, after Endgame, I was I was kind of superheroed out. And, you know, the Batman was all right. And this movie was fun because of this gimmick thing they did. But they really pulled it off. It wasn't just fun because of the gimmick of bringing all the universes together. And how it's how big a deal it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, they, he talked about the multiverse and they know frighteningly little. Yeah. It's, it's really going to be interesting to see where they go with it because just that concept in and of itself, there's so much potentially to it that this could be really good. Um, I do hope Scarlet Witch kind of turns into more of a villainous character. Yeah. Because she was straight up the villain of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. I mean, I you say it was whoever you want to say it was. It was Agatha all along. And BS, it was Wanda. She was the villain. Yep. So I look forward to seeing where they go with this. And it, I mean, compared to anything else that I've seen that's going to be coming out, like, you know, Thor Love and Thunder, I just don't care that much. Yeah, what I keep hearing is that there's not, like, really a roadmap going forward. Like, there was a roadmap to Thanos. Right. Like they knew what they were going to do. And now it's like, I feel like they, you know, they were teasing stuff all along, building towards a bigger thing. And I don't like they're, they're doing stuff now that's just teasing the next movie or the next hero to come in or the next whatever. But like some of it, I'm excited about, like they showed Matt Murdock as Peter's lawyer, which was, that was awesome. so good. It was so I was, good. Were you blown away by that? Yes. I was Me very- too. And he catches that brick. <laughs> Dude, I had to explain that to my son because yeah. he certainly hasn't seen the Netflix Daredevil. I'm like, oh, just so you know, that's Daredevil. What? Yeah. I'm a really good lawyer. Yeah, I really, <laughs> really enjoyed that. And uh, God, son of a, that was really good. That was yeah. one of my favorite moments of the entire movie. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you brought it up. I think um, I don't. I I just feel like they're they're rudderless. I feel like they don't know where they're going. They don't know where they're leading. They just are doing whatever seems to make money or whatever seems to be popular. And right now being quippy is popular. Like gender swapping is popular in Hollywood. So they're kind of, I think that's what love and thunder is going to be about. Like Thor kind of relinquishing his power or whatever. I'm not sure. That's what I've been hearing. Like it's what I've been reading online. And I don't know. I don't know. Like they should have been setting this up for Galactus. And maybe they are, or it should maybe have been. We just don't know it yet. Or like, like ego, like the encounter with ego should have been the first encounter with ego, and ego could be this big villain that comes back. Because where do you go from a villain that wants to and does succeed in killing half the universe? Right. Like how is whatever? Like how is the threat of from the Eternals movie where a new celestial is born but it destroys Earth? How is that a bigger threat than Thanos? Right. It's not. Right. I mean, that's why like Galactus is about it. A planet eating being. Right. Or ego, living planet, you know, little G, little G God. Small G. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know, man. I don't know where they're going with it. I'm worried. I'm worried from that perspective, but I'm also excited because, you know, I'm starting to want to see them again. Like I didn't give a shit about the Eternals. I didn't give or a shit about Shang-Chi. I mean... Part of it is because I just think they did a really bad job of making me care about these characters. And part of it is 
just maybe the time that I saw everything else, but I feel like we spent so much time introducing these characters and really getting to know them before we launched into it because everything was planned so carefully and so well. So well. And now it's just not. Yeah, I mean, we we don't know. They might have an idea. They might know exactly where they're going. They might know exactly what they want to do. They might have all this planned out, but based on everything we've seen so far, I agree with you. I don't really see where this is going from here, but I'm I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt if only because of how well done the other things they've already done have been. Yeah. Like I mean, they they've had some misses for sure, but for the most part, that whole thing, the buildup, Thanos, all the movies, building up these characters, all coming to get like so well done and just nothing that anybody we did. It had never been done before. And I don't know if it's possible to replicate that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're doing too much to copy themselves. You know, with Shang-Chi, they were like, oh, let's make Aquafina a an Asian female version of Rocket Raccoon. Oh, do you mean Deja Blue? Was that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <sighs> I, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, she just. Because she speaks the same. We're talking about like the way they kind of replicated. It. It's like she has the same sort of humor as that character like they just they just copy stuff it's like okay this is i don't know he's basically i guess he's relatively unique because he's kind of straightforward he's like one of the only straight men left because they even made captain america funny a little towards the end they gave him a little bit of humor but it's like he was just like straightforward like i just you know got got stuff i gotta do like he doesn't fool around with anything but then they made the people around him kind of funny i don't know man I have to see where it all goes. They yeah, may have they, a plan, they may not, but overall, I, this this No Way Home, this is a watch for me. Definitely. It was really, really good. It was almost like bittersweet, though, the way that it ended. Little. The way that everything ends up and the way, like, because I came out of, um, what was the last one? Far From Home? Far From Home, yeah. Like, really I, I heard a lot of people say they weren't, but I was very invested in like MJ and Peter. Like I, I felt that I like, I felt like they characterized that relationship really well in a way that's like, yeah, I mean, he's a kid. So the stuff he's worried about is like, I want to sit next to the girl. I like, I want to be like, I want to sit next to her on the bus and I'm worried what's going to happen. If she sits next to this other guy who's like, maybe better looking than me or older than me or whatever. Like that all made perfect sense and like really resonated with me as someone who used to be a kid, which I think all of them probably have been at some point, unless they just emerge full grown from like a test tube somewhere in <laughs> Disney. But yeah, I mean, we can all it, it's conflicts and, and problems that are very relatable. And uh, that's one of the things about Spider-Man. That's kind of what he's about. Yeah. And that that's <sighs> I just really like the way they did. A lot of I, I I'm totally lost track of where I was even going with all that. It's just I really enjoy the characterization of it, and they just don't seem to have like the ability anymore to create good characters on their own, like MJ, Ned, and Peter that play off each other well and are distinct and unique and aren't just all quips all the time and they feel kind of genuine. 
but yeah, it's why I like Green Arrow. Like he's he has, you know, kind of more human problems. It's not just like the Batman all the time. That's boring. Agreed. Like it was cool. It was like I remember that, you know, that idea like 20 years ago of like, you know, the bat, the mask is really Bruce Wayne. It's like, oh, what? That's wild. And now it's like, yeah, that's that's yep. That's what it is. <laughs> Batman's just this like inhuman monster running around who like puts on a human mask every once in a while. Oh, man. So Halligans, that was Bat Battinson. That was No Way Home. All smashed up into this one episode. We got it's been a while since we've done anything. Sorry about that. There's busy lives going on, it is what it is. Congratulations to Ryan and his new bar. So if you're ever out in uh, Edwardsville, Illinois. Come and visit the loading bar. Yeah. It's got some uh, fun games, great drinks, and it has Ryan. You can meet him. He might even autograph your uh, your chest. <laughs> no, the Sharpie. A little uh, Happy Gilmore action. Let's do it. I had to ask one of my employees the other night. Uh, I, I was sitting at the bar doing some work, and she was she was working behind the bar. And I, I said, you, you always wear uh, belly shirts. Crop top is the right term for it, but belly shirt's what I would call it. Okay. She's like, yeah. And I was like, why is your stomach so pale? And she just kind of like laughed and she's like, I don't know. I probably need to tan my stomach. And she turned to one of the other guys who was working. She's like, should I use spray tan? And he was like, no. Because I was like, you look like you're wearing a white undershirt. <laughs> she, and she turned to him and she's like, should I use spray tan? He's like, you should not use spray tan. I was like, you look like you're wearing an orange undershirt then. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. That's very good. Yeah. I we we have a a good group of people there. They're fun. They can take a joke. They can dish it out. Very good. Yeah. It's good. As times. it should be. But I, I have to assume I said oh this was a watch. This is a watch from you, Ryan. Totally. Absolutely a watch. And I'm totally watch. really excited to see what comes next. Like if they make it a like a true solo Spider Man movie, I'm very interested to see how that goes. Yeah, I'm interested for that. And I'm interested to see what comes next with the Batman. Mm-hmm. I, after talking to you, this may not have been a hundred percent a watch for me, but I am intrigued as to where this could go. So if they're able to make it happen, and I know Hollywood has trouble with that sometimes, I am interested to see that. But for now, Halligans, I'm pretty sure that's it for us. Uh, we've done all the talking that we can. If you would Pretty like much. to talk back at us, where's it happening, Ryan? That would be moviehell at gmail.com or at moviehell on Twitter. And I will. I actually do have one thing to add because I always do. I think the funniest meme, I would say it's kind of a meme that I've seen out of that movie. And I might have sent it to you. Somebody clipped out the scene where where Batman's in the police station the second time. And he says, who's the who's the mustache with the broken nose? And they have the conversation about that cop, the cop that Batman had fought with earlier. All right. Well, this person clipped out everything in between that and Batman hitting Gordon because Gordon also has a mustache. So the scene they play is who who's the mustache with the broken nose. And Gordon looks at him. Wham. <laughs> nice. That's that's I, good. Uh, I would like to somehow just vandalize a copy of that at a library or something. So that's the way that scene plays out. And people are like, well, that was a weird joke for Batman to make. I don't understand. <laughs> that's a perfect joke for batman to make that's so good that's so batman right there but you have to say it in like a who's the mustache with the broken nose 
Mm-hmm. More of a almost Rorschach version. That's a Rorschach yeah. joke, actually. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah, you're right. That is a Rorschach, and it's a Rorschach voice. I saw an interview with Pattinson where he was talking about having to come back for re- reshoots, and he was saying, like, talking kind of low like that, like, for hours and hours on it. Like, you can hear it in my voice just from talking to people for work. It's it's not quite right. And he was talking about how, like, talking kind of low like that will mess your voice up, and there are scenes where he's, like, hoping it's not super obvious that, you know, he was offset for, like, a day or two, or he was just doing the Bruce Wayne thing for a day or two, and then he has to come back to it. Okay. Well, I'm glad that they didn't do all the weird like voice modulation type stuff that they did with uh, Christian Bale. Oh yeah. Where they like screwed with it in post to the point where he sounds like the bastard child of Clean Eastwood and Grizzly Bear. <laughs> so that's what that was. Okay. Yeah. Now I now I get it. <laughs> Halligans, that's been it from us. Uh, this was another obviously fantastic episode of Movie How. We do hope you all enjoyed it. We as always have fun doing it. Thanks once again for listening. Um, I'm, I'm almost positive I've been Joe. I've been some version of Ryan. And we are both out. <laughs>